ready? I'm ready. All right, let's get started. We're back with the the Passions Passions Podcast. Podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm LaTara. And I'm Laura. And today, we remembered to introduce ourselves. Yeah, and so today, we're going to be doing episodes eight and nine. We gotta... That's right. Change the format. Format change. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh... We have format change because we gotta get through more of these episodes. Yeah, they're just so good. Um, I have to keep watching them. Oh! I can't Look who likes passions. Look who likes passions. I cannot wait and do two episodes a week. I just can't. Girl, I know. Listen, if it was just me by myself and we weren't doing this podcast, I would be well through passions by now. (laughs) Do you understand that? I would have devoted my life to it at this point. All right, let's get started. Let's get into it. Oh, do we need to say anything before we get started? What do we say to these people? As always, you can follow along (laughs) and watch Passions with us. Yes. We are watching on a couple different YouTube channels. All of those are going to be linked in the description for the episode. So find the one that you like and join us on their journey. Yeah, and subscribe to those channels if you do that, if you use those YouTube channels. All right, let's talk about passions. Let's do it. So we start this episode where we left off. I'm really into that. You know, a lot of times like shows will kind of throw you in somewhere else and make you wait to see what's going to happen. But passion so far has really just jumped us right into the action that we've left. We start with Seeker and she's cowering behind the door frame and we don't know who's going to come in. And then uh, a blonde girl 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 comes comes through the door and, and, it turns out that it's this woman's daughter. Charity. I thought her name was Jody at first. It wasn't until halfway through the episode I realized that they were saying Charity. Charity, yes. Charity, Charity is Seeker's daughter. Grace's right. sister's daughter. Grace's niece. Grace's niece. So Charity comes in and she's like, Mom, what is wrong with you? She's like, why are you always in these chat rooms? Why are you always so afraid? Why are you always looking at the classifieds? Oh, she says, we're always on the computer. Now you're always on the computer in a chat room. And before we got the computer, you were always looking at classified ads. (laughs) Yeah. And then she's like, why do we move around so much? She really just launches us into answering the questions that we as viewers have. Why do we move around a lot? Why are you scared of something? You need to tell me what it is and we can face it together. Why can't I make friends? Basically, Seeker tells her, I have to prepare you. And Charity's like, for what? (laughs) And she says, for what Grace was supposed to do before she got lost. And Charity goes, who the fuck is Grace? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And but she's also excited because she's like, oh my gosh, we have family out well, there. Well, so so Grace, the seeker tells her Grace was my is my sister, right? And Charity, who this is, I mean, news to her. She thought they had no family. She mm-hmm. didn't didn't know anything about anybody. You know, it's really reminiscent of that show we've been watching. Yeah, the other one. Oh, fires, um, little fires, little everywhere. fires everywhere. It's great. Okay. Everybody watch it. We're not going to spoil anything for you, but it's the same kind of thing where the little girl's like, "Why do we move from place to place?" We and this woman has told her she doesn't have any family. Yeah, but maybe she does. Yeah, everyone should listen. Listen to watch <laughs> little fires everywhere. Yeah, but yeah, and so. Seeker tells Charity about her sister and she pulls out that picture that we saw a couple episodes ago and says, this is us (laughs) shortly after high school. Yeah, the picture that we thought when we first saw it, thought it was two old ladies. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, we're watching it and the screen is a little blurry. But those girls do not look like they're 19 or 20. It's a it's a picture of Grace. It's at 40. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then her mirror image. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, yeah. So then the seeker tells Charity that something happened and Grace couldn't deal with it. And so she ran off. And Charity is like, well, maybe she's dead, which is right. And the seeker's like, no. If my twin was dead, I would feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got this little psychic connection from the between these twins. They feel it. They feel each other. I think Ooh. is what's going on here, Ooh. right? And it's because I, I feel you, Grace. to say Grace. Feel she feels Grace. Um. So 
I haven't sung in weeks. <laughs> this is the only singing I do now is on this podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, oh, what was I saying? I don't know what I was saying. Oh, Grace and the Seeker have like a little psychic connection. And I. it seems to me that it's getting stronger because the, because of what ev- whatever event is about to happen, it seems to me that they're starting to like feel each other a little bit mm-hmm. more strongly, especially on Grace's end. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like ever since the angel, who she calls the little girl, but clearly it's an angel, ever since the angel has entered her life, that is uh, the catalyst for the, the link that Grace can now feel with her twin. Right. So... We'll see what happens. We'll see what we'll happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So while this is all going on, Grace is talking to that little girl who wanted the Timmy doll mm-hmm. back at the carnival. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of reiterate some of the same things that they've told us about the burnt piece of paper and all this other stuff. And then Eve says, I think she's talking to Sam, and she says, well, I'm afraid you need a crystal ball, and my medical bag did not come with one. Right. Cut to Tabitha with her crystal ball. Can we talk about Tabitha? Tabitha is the best thing in this whole episode. She's She's the best thing in every episode. She and Timmy are stealing the show. I when they come on when either one of them are on the screen, I come to life. Yeah. They're amazing. So amazing. We remember that Tabitha was about to tell Teresa and Whitney's fortunes, Mm -hmm. right? Whitney is very nervous about it. She doesn't like this mumbo jumbo, this voodoo type stuff. She's not into it. She's really kind of scared. Right. And Teresa kind of seems like what very uh, kind of flippant, kind of nonchalant. Like, this isn't real. It'll be fun. Let's see what she has to say. It's very like young girls who, who will I marry? You know, like when we tell each other's fortunes. Like when we tell each other's <laughs> fortunes. I showed Latara, I don't know, this was a couple weeks ago, this ridiculous card fortune telling thing that I learned back when I was in like sixth grade at Catholic school. <laughs> and I love most- it. We have to do that again. I fucking love it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous and very childish and naive. But it feels and sweet. real. It does feel real. Yeah. It does. It's like, which of these men? Basically, it serves to answer the question um, who do you love, who loves you, and who are you going to marry? So Yeah. And it's ridiculous. It's great. Anyway, <laughs> so t- she's telling Teresa's fortune, and mm-hmm. Teresa doesn't be- kind of, you know, she doesn't really believe in this until Tabitha tells her, I see that you are in love with a young man. And you're really hung up on this young man. And Teresa says, well, I, I'm, she's still skeptical. Skeptical. Thank you. She's still skeptical. And so then Tabitha says, well, I can see your young man now and I can tell you what he's doing. And she tells her that he's in bed with another woman. Bum, bum, bum. Which Ethan actually is in bed with Gwen. Ugh. Gwen and Ethan, um, I am very over these two. It's clear to me that Ethan does not feel about Gwen the way that she feels about him. But whatever. They're, they're, they're in bed. They're talking about how much they love each other. And then Ethan mentions going to Paris for their honeymoon. And Gwen at first doesn't notice it. And then she flips out. She's like, oh, my God. You said, said honeymoon. honeymoon. Yeah, she gets all kinds of excited. And then Ethan brings her back down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I just meant someday. Yeah. I don't really want to marry you yet. Right. Well, and this is my question, because Gwen then gets really, really upset. To to me, she's really upset about him not marrying her mm-hmm. yet. and Or even proposing. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, he is leading her on in the way that he's saying one day we're going to get married. Like, then why not propose? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, if you're not serious about building a future with someone, then don't lead them on, right? But I also wonder how long they've actually been together. They've known each other for a long time, but I wonder how long have they been a couple. Right. Has that come up at all? I don't think they've said. I I know that a few times they've mentioned that Gwen and Ethan have known each other since boarding school, but I also don't know... I don't know how old they are. I don't know how old they are. I don't know when they went to boarding school. I know that he has his sights on being a lawyer, 
So, right? Is that right or am I making that up? I have no clue. I thought at one point he said something about law school. I might be wrong. I have no clue. That's probably right. Yeah, but they they've no, but when does boarding school happen? Like when I you, mean, that's like is that people high go, school? Middle school and high school middle people school go to boarding school. school. Okay. I don't think people board in elementary school. But anyway, I they've not they've at least known each other since high school, but the question is how, how long, long have they been, been together? together? Right. Um, they don't tell us really. Right. Let's go back to Tabitha. Okay. Whitney. Yeah, we got to go back to the Tabitha oh. and Whitney stuff. As I said earlier, Whitney was really upset, like nervous about going into this fortune teller's tent. Well, she goes in, Tabitha kind of tells uh, Teresa some things, and then she kind of sets her sights on Whitney. Yeah. They're on their way out because Whitney and Teresa are kind of over this. And Whitney, as they're leaving, looks at Teresa and she's like, you know what? You need to get over Ethan. And they're on their way, about to open the flap to leave. And Tabitha stops them and says, Whitney, why do they use the word love in tennis? And Whitney is all, how do you know that I play tennis? And that brings the girls right back into the tent. Yeah. Right back in Tabitha's palm. Yeah. So why do they use the word love in tennis? And then... Teresa starts talking about building up her friend. I will say she's yeah. she's a good friend because she she starts building up um, Whitney to Tabitha and saying that Whitney's the best tennis player and she's gonna be going to the next Olympics and she's just the greatest thing walking right. Yes, and then Tabitha intimates that death and murder are in, on the horizon for Whitney, and she says that a killer in the family would really get in the way of her tennis career. Teresa says nothing could get in the way of Whitney's dream. And that's when Tabitha says, not even death, murder, a killer in her family. Ooh, it's so good. Oh, it's, it's so good. Stupid. I love it. So then she tells her that Whitney will cause a murder if she continues her dream. Mm-hmm. And Teresa says, well, Whitney would never kill anybody. She could never hurt anyone. And Tabitha says, I didn't say Whitney would kill anyone. Her father will kill someone if she continues working on her dream of being a great tennis star. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but they, well, they also start to build up TC a little bit more in this episode, which is Whitney, if you remember, that's Whitney's father. TC and Eve are Whitney's parents. Right. So TC has like a little moment where you kind of, they're very quickly showing us TC might actually be capable of murder. Right. He and Eve are walking through the little corridor at the carnival and something happens. He's like, has a little limp or something. And Eve, like very innocently kind of looks at her husband lovingly and says, is everything all right? Is it your leg again? And he flips out. He like he yells. yells. He goes, my leg is fine, Eve. And then storms <laughs> off. And Eve is just looking at him like, what the fuck? I'm just caring about you. He but storms he's, off. he's gone. He's angry and he's gone. Yeah. And then TC is talking with Grace, and they're kind of talking about how TC wants to forget his past, but Grace is trying to figure out what her past is. So right. they have like this opposite thing going on. Yeah. So they, they're showing us very, very quickly, very cheaply showing us d- developing TC's character without doing any work, right? Mm-hmm. It's just he's going to tell us he wants to forget his past. And so now we know he probably did some bad things in his past, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, Eve and Sam. Sam are talking to each other, and then right. Sam says to Eve, TC couldn't hurt a fly, he's so gentle and loving, right. and then and Eve... Eve is like, well, I wish he had more of your temperament, because he's generally really loving and kind and sweet, but he snaps if he thinks that his family is being threatened. So Eve has also seen that there is something in TC that scares her a little bit. Yeah. So they're setting us up for TC might kill somebody. Yeah. (laughs) TC might kill somebody. Yeah. Setting Um, us up for a murder. Yeah. So while this is happening, Ethan... Oh, I just wrote this in. So Ethan and Gwen show up to the carnival because this carnival is never ending. Uh, But they show up and Ethan... I mean, it's only been a day. Two days? 
Yeah. Yeah. The first. Oh, okay. Remember that first. Yeah, you're right. Five they were episodes up. were one day, and they were setting up, and yeah. then we're in episode eight, and six was like the next morning of, of day two. Right. We're in day two. Oh my lord. <laughs> Good lord. All right. So Ethan and Gwen show up, and they're walking down the street or whatever, and Ethan is like introduces himself like to us and says, "Ethan, my middle name is Brayford Crane." I literally missed it. It was so weird. I didn't, I didn't understand it. it. I didn't understand the point of it. I it was what? I didn't see Also that. Brayford? Brayford. Maybe that was his mother's maiden name. Maybe. Ethan Brayford Crane. Nah, I thought I, that was just weird. I didn't hear that. Yeah, they go back to the carnival. So we're already getting set up for a Gwen, Ethan, Teresa triangle yeah. situation they're gonna f- meet each other at the carnival again i'm so excited about that for gwen to meet Teresa. yeah very excited oh about my it. gosh it's coming because look at gwen and look at Teresa. Ter- gwen is gonna be so so intimidated intimidated and what's the word i'm looking for she's hurt i don't know you're just, I insecure. Know. Insecure. <laughs> She's, She's going to be, be so, insecure. So insecure when she sees how gorgeous she Therese sees, is. She sees that beautiful barbecue girl. Anyway. But while they're there, um, Sheridan calls. Um, oh, okay. So you want to go back to, let's go back to Sheridan. Yeah. So that we can catch them up that, to what's let's, happening. Let's go back to Sheridan before we mm-hmm. say she calls them. Right. Because... We got a lot of Sheridan stuff to get into. Oh, boy. So if you remember, on episode seven, Sheridan and Jean-Luc go on a carriage ride around Paris. And Jean-Luc proposes, and Sheridan says, yes. She says, yes, but Mimi is lurking, right? She is watching. She sees this all happen. She vows to kind of get her revenge on Mm Jean-Luc. And so in this episode... We pick up right right at that moment. Yes. Um, and Sheridan and Jean-Luc then go back to Sheridan's apartment. I th- yeah, I think it's the apartment that she's renting. Yeah. Or maybe they, maybe Paris. she owns a property. I don't know. But yeah. they get back in the car, or they're in the carriage, and they're talking about uh, how Sheridan's family knows nothing about the importance of relationships and love and blah, blah, blah. She's basically just telling us more about how her family is not on the same wavelength about her. And as they get in the carriage... Yeah, I forgot. ...to go away, to go away, to go back to her apartment, Mimi pops up and she goes, Sheridan, Jean-Luc, and she's calling after she's them. She's chasing that chasing carriage. Chasing that carriage. And Jean-Luc is like, driver, go! <laughs> drive. Driver, drive on, get drive on. Get us the fuck out of here. And Sheridan is like, no, driver, stop. Is, is that some... Is a, I think there's a woman calling us. Is that a person? Do you know her? He's like, no, that's... And they keep going. They keep going. And Sheridan doesn't seem suspicious. That's suspicious. That woman was yelling her name. Yeah. She was yelling, Jean-Luc, Sheridan, wouldn't you stop? She tried, but then when Jean-Luc was like, no, keep going, she yeah, just kind of went with it. Yeah, and wouldn't you question that? I would, but I'm not Sheridan. Oh, well, Sheridan is not I'm me. not the American princess. I'm That's for damn not. sure. Um, so Mimi chases after the carriage, then Mimi, I'm sorry, then Jean-Luc and Sheridan go back to her apartment. Right. Mimi goes to Jean-Luc's apartment looking for them. She thinks they're at his apartment and she's going to break in on them and tell Sheridan what's what. Right. But she goes in, she enters the apartment because she has a key and sees that they're not there. And so instead she kind of starts trashing the place. And I think at that point we should probably talk about Jean-Luc and Sheridan. Yeah. They're talking about what happened with the carriage and everything. And Jean-Luc says, well, maybe that girl was a reporter. You know, we don't know who she was. Maybe she was someone who's trying to follow us and take pictures. And Sheridan's like, oh my gosh, you're right. It could have been. Some a member of the paparazzi who was chasing us. I was worried that it was a secret girlfriend. Ha 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 ha. All <laughs> yeah. jokingly. But, but little does she know. It isn't a joke. It's not a joke. Mm-hmm. And so Jean-Luc goes to get a gift that he has for Sheridan, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes off to the other room. And then Jean-Luc's phone starts to ring. And his, his cell phone starts to ring in his pocket of his coat. And Sheridan, out loud, exposition out loud, <laughs> Jean-Luc's phone is ringing. I guess I could answer it. I am going to be his wife. I mean, that's stuff that goes through your head 
you don't have to say it out loud. We, I would have understood why she answered his phone yeah. if she had she not said it. I mean, that would have been fine as internal dialogue. Yeah. We didn't need to hear it. She could, yeah. So she answers the phone. And it is Mimi yes, on it the is. other end. But Mimi doesn't say anything. Sheridan's on the phone. She's going, hello? 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 This is the American princess. Hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> hello? 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 And Mimi never says anything. She's just kind of frozen. Right. Then Jean-Luc comes back. Sees that Sheridan is on the phone. Puts two and two together, snatches that phone right on back, and is like, oh, Sheridan, uh, open that present. And he is on the phone with Mimi and is not nice to her. Well, he's pretending like she's a client, I know. right, that's, on this end. Yeah, if you do that to someone that you're sleeping with, that's horrible. Yeah, he's horrible. He's horrible. Yeah, he's what an horrible. awful man. What, what did you expect from Jean-Luc? I mean, I knew he was, that's just, I don't know, that's just awful. What did you expect from this awful, probably mob-related Affiliated person. person. Yeah. He kind of gets off the phone with Mimi. She gets really pissed off, understandably, and is in his apartment and starts smashing all of his shit. And Sheridan opens up her present from Jean-Luc, and it's a beautiful dress for a ball that he's going to take her to to celebrate their engagement. We're going to a ball! American princess. The American princess going is to going a to ball a ball in Paris. in Paris. I mean, come on! Mimi, though, while she's trashing Jean-Luc's apartment, she comes across the invitation to this ball, mm. and she... Decides that she's going to make an appearance at the ball as well, mm-hmm. right? So we've got some some stuff to look forward to in Paris. I cannot wait. <laughs> okay, so like I told you guys before, we're going to do eight and nine today. But we're doing eight now, and we're going to do nine later and put them together. That's right. Because we don't want to spoil anything for ourselves. <laughs> so you'll find out in about five minutes. Yeah. Probably less. Way less. Cause Way less. Because we're at the left? end. So um, Jean-Luc is going to get ready. And then Sheridan. Sheridan. Picks up the phone to call Gwen back at the carnival and tell her what's going on. And she... gloat. She gloated. She was not... Yes, she gloated. Also, let's go back to Sheridan is, looks wet. She looks like yeah. she just came from Atlantis. Right? <laughs> like, she's the princess of the deep. Okay? She looks so... Her hair looks so wet. Yeah. Her eyes look wet. Just her makeup's, like, really... Um, Dewy. Yeah. Like, to it, the point that she looks damp. She, um, I think the hair, it's that late 90s, early 2000s thing of, like... Way too much hair gel. Mm-hmm. And look, here's another thing. Celebrities, and I don't know anything about fashion, but I know that looking wet doesn't look great. But celebrities, every, like, few years, every 10 years, 20 years, they try to bring, like, this wet look. Yeah, Kim Kardashian was doing that a little while yeah. ago, right? Yeah, she went to the Met Ball. or I, You know I don't really know. But she, <laughs> <laughs> she went to, like, the Met Ball. She, I saw a picture yeah. of Michelle on that, like, nasty brown dress. I saw that. Yeah, it was, like, latex, and then her hair was all wet. She looked wet. Yeah. I don't get the wet thing. Me either. I get Unless it if you, like, at the beach. If you're at the beach, if you walked in from the rain. Like, yeah. that makes sense. But if you're standing in a beautiful dry ball gown and your hair looks like you couldn't even take a rake and drag it through it because it's so like crunchy and wet looking like that yeah. it's not good it's, it's not cute it's not a great look wouldn't do it yeah so sheridan calls gwen gloats about how she's gonna get married gwen is clearly really upset with ethan because she still is not engaged to him so they're setting up a little something there um, the angel comes back and visits Grace and says, Grace, it's almost time. She's coming. She's coming. Right, because the seeker and Charity are having that conversation and Charity is saying, to, Mom, why can't we just go out? Why can't we ever do anything? And Charity picks up a newspaper and says, like this, there's a fair in a carnival in Harmony. And the Grace seeker, sorry, says, well, Harmony's way out on the coast, but they live close enough to Harmony that they could drive to this carnival. It would be reasonable for them to drive to the carnival, right? And the Seeker kind of actually relents and says, okay, let's go. So they're headed to the carnival. Mm-hmm. They're on their We're way. We're going to have two graces. Oh. There's going to be some crazy like hijinks, I this feel so like. Much. So the very, very end of this episode, Whitney and Teresa are in a bit of a like a fight with each other and Whitney is all upset. She says, I need to find my mom before my dad does something and it's too late. Um, and while they're arguing, someone dressed 
as a bunch of grapes is standing behind them. (laughs) And dancing. And dancing. Uh, which is just worth mentioning because no one else is dressed in a costume. I don't know what's going on with the grapes. You know what else is worth mentioning that we haven't talked about at all? Timmy is causing all kinds of mischief in this episode. Timmy! Timmy! I love Timmy. So the little girl takes Timmy from Grace's booth and um, at the beginning of this episode she's eating an ice cream cone and has Timmy down next to her and he like bumps her arm so the ice cream hits her in the face and then (laughs) she's like, what? What? Whatever, and she brushes it off, and then she throws him on the ground, and his right. mouth starts to move, but she doesn't hear him talking to her. He says he says a bunch of like smart ass comments to her. Yeah, and, and then she picks him up, and she's like, "Say something!" Shaking him, say something, and shakes him again, and then throws him back down on the ground when he doesn't talk. And so that really pisses him off. And then she's looking at another doll on a little table, and so he like kicks the table yeah. over, and he all the dolls the table smash. Over. And she picks him back up, and she says to him, "That was you, wasn't it? It was you." And then she throws him in the water, <laughs> in a large body of water. Yeah, I guess off a pier. I guess Harmony is, is on the coast. So yeah, yeah. Harmony USA. Harmony USA. All right. Um, oh, the so that's funny. But the very last thing that is worth mentioning. TC rolls up into that fortune teller tent. With great force. With great force. The man is pissed. Yeah, he's pissed, he's pissed, he's pissed because that uh, fortune teller had really, really upset Whitney. He talked to Whitney and she told him about the fortune teller's tent. And he said to her, there is no fortune teller's tent. Because he's organizing the fair. So we need to remember that he's... He's in charge here. Yeah, so he would know if someone is there and shouldn't be. And so he's furious that this has happened. He gets into that tent. He throws open the flap and he says, I know exactly who you are to Tabitha. And the show ends. Yeah, end of episode. So good. All right. Let's get into episode nine. Let's get into episode nine. Enjoy this ad. Welcome back from the break. Yep, and we are getting into episode nine now. Woohoo! Let's get into it. Okay, so episode nine opens with Kay and Simone talking. Kay is talking about this ridiculous plan that she has. I'm glad you were paying attention because I certainly was not. I do not give a fuck about those kids. I barely do. Literally every time they come on the screen, I'm like, I don't care about this. Look, the only reason I listened is because I heard her utter the words, Project Naked Man. Yeah, I I looked up when I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, I need to learn about what the heck this is. What's Project Naked Man? Tell us about it, please, because I don't really know. I'm so confused. So Kay has hatched this plan because she thinks that she belongs with Miguel, and she's trying to find a way that, that she can earn, win, whatever his love so she's she has concocted this plan that she is going to put together a contest to find the most handsome man in harmony. She's going to convince all these men to do it. She's going to rig it so that Mig- Miguel... <laughs> Mignel. <laughs> Mignel. She's going to rig it so, so that Miguel wins the competition. And then, of course, first prize is going to be a, a romantic date with her in which she's going to woo him and they're going to fall madly in love. I mean, it's utterly absurd. Okay, thank you for sharing because and bringing me up to speed because I really was confused. I heard her say Project Naked Man and then I looked at you and was like, what? What is this? What is she talking about? Yeah. Because I really was not paying it. I don't pay any attention to her. I mean, that's basically her arc this entire episode. Okay. Uh, Who cares? Right. Who cares? Um, There was like no Grace stuff. There was, Grace was the first person. Look, I wrote her name on my Me list. Me too. There's nothing there. I took it out. I took it off. Grace because, and Seeker. We didn't get to see anything about them. There's no Grace stuff. I know. So we're gonna just go skip on to the probably what's going on in the tent with Tabitha and TC. Oh my god, this this was the main thing of this, yeah, this, this episode. The main arc of this episode was Tabitha's tent. Tabitha's okay. tent. Okay, show was going down. So if you remember, in which you should, because it was just at the end of the the last episode that we talked about like a minute ago. Um, (laughs) At the end of episode eight, TC enters Tabitha's episode. (laughs) TC enters Tabitha's tent with great fervor. (laughs) Right. And he confronts Tabitha. He's going, answer me. 
tell me what's going on. Who he, are you? Who are you? He accuses her of cheating people out of their money, says he's going to call the police on her. It was weird to me that he asks her in this episode, who are you? Even though at the very end of the last episode, he says to her, I know who you are. Yeah, I was confused by that. Um, and then meanwhile, Timmy is hiding, like, in, I think, under the table. And he's like... She put him, like, back behind a curtain. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he's narrating everything. It's like, oh, look, let's see how she's going to pull this one off. Let's get, let's see you get out of this one, Tabitha. I love them so much. Yeah. I know that they're like the villains of this story, but I but are they? am fully on board with are Timmy they and the Tabitha. Villains? I, yeah, they're, they're great. They're comic relief, but they also really drive the story forward they're because T- Tabitha is telling people things that she knows about them, right? He doesn't know that that's Tabitha. Mm -hmm. So when she starts to tell him things about his life, it's very weird and odd. But she's lived in Harmony his whole life. She knows all everything that has happened in Harmony. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, Tabitha starts telling TC about how she knows that he loved his father but not always he didn't always love his father yeah he didn't respect a lot of the choices that his father made and that made his love lessen so we learned that he had a complicated relationship with his father um because his father worked at the country club for all the white people tc is black for all the white people and would basically demean himself for a tip but it wasn't until later in tc's life that he realized that his dad would do those things to help him, TC, have a better life, him and yeah. his mom. So he really respects his father now. And yeah. it turns out... my fa- Can I... I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt, but my favorite line was actually... Tabitha said um, the line that these were rich white bigots and their pathetic jokes. Yeah. And I thought it was just a great line. Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of... That's some interesting stuff going on there with TC that we yeah. didn't know about. Because honestly... TC seemed like a very two-dimensional character. Yeah, he really hasn't until this until this until episode, this moment. Really. Yeah, he really has been on the sidelines. So we find out we knew something was wrong with his leg. Mm-hmm. We knew he's very defensive about his leg. Mm-hmm. We didn't know why, Mm-mm. but apparently something happened with a mysterious person who caused his accident. Yeah. So Tabitha says that his dad died of a broken heart. And then goes on to say that it wasn't his fault, but that CT could kill the person who did do that. The person whose fault it was. The person who caused his father's death. And TC apparently has been looking for this person. So TC's dad died of a broken heart because he had big dreams for TC as a, I guess, football player. Some sort of sports athlete. And when TC had his accident, his leg got all messed up that all went out the window Mm. and i guess his dad had been working his whole life and demeaned himself so that tc could have this dream Mm -hmm. and then he died a pretty early death so tc is very upset about that there was some sort of accident someone else caused this accident and tabitha knows who it was who man do you think maybe it was like a a tennis thing because he's the tennis oh, coach yeah. and his he daughter plays. It probably was a tennis. It probably was tennis. You, I mean, I that, may, no, that, that makes that makes sense 100% to me. sense to and me. And his dad worked at the country club, so maybe he would have access to yeah. good tennis teachers, instructors. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Cool. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me deducing. He's probably tennis. Well, watch him not be a tennis player. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense <laughs> it makes to sense, me. It makes sense to know. me. He should be a tennis player. He should. But okay, so Tabitha knows who this person is. And instead of giving up that information, she looks at him and says, you'll find out who it is in due time. Right, because she's stalling him. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to call the police on her because his her tent's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Right, so she's trying to get him distracted and stall him. So he turns his ire to someone else instead of her. Yes. So she says that, what she just, what you just said. Say it again. Tabitha says he'll find out who did it in due time. Right. He's, she, she says that, and he goes, I don't really have time for this. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he walks away. And he just kind of gives the whole thing up and leaves. Yeah, he basically, he tells her to stay away from my family, uh, and then walks out. Yeah, and he leaves, 
And Eve enters. That's right. Eve Russell, his wife. Ooh, you want to tell him about what Tabitha says to Eve? Okay. This was crazy. So this is nuts. Yeah, so Eve shows up and says this big whole speech. TC loves his children. He will never tolerate anybody hurting them. And then Tabitha looks at Eve in the middle of her going off. And she says, well, you know what, Eve? TC would be upset if he knew that he had been lied to and played the fool his entire life. Especially by his wife. Let me just say, this scene was compelling. It was. This scene between these two actors really had, I mean, they yeah. had me. It was It was well acted. It, it was well written. Yeah. I really enjoyed this scene. It was scene. actually quality. It was. Yeah. Um, so Tabitha knows a very juicy secret about Eve, and I assume it has something to do with TC's leg because... Remember, after TC leaves, Timmy comes out and asks Tabitha to tell him who the person is who caused um, TC's accident. She whispers it in his ear, and he goes, "Ooh-wee, that's gonna hurt." Yeah. So I think I think it's got something. We're to do being with led Eve. to believe it has something to do with Eve, and they don't really get into the details of what that is. We find out from Tabitha that that secret that Eve is keeping happened outside of town. So we don't know what it is, but we do know that it happened outside of Harmony. Yes, Tabitha goes, says to Eve, I know all of it. All of your horrible secrets. Everything you're ashamed of. What you did all those years ago. Oh, so and, good. And Eve is very visibly shaken. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she... she must have really done something. I can't wait to find out. I can't. I can't wait. I'm telling you, that was a great. That was a great scene. It really yeah. was. Oh, let's stay at the carnival for a bit. Yeah. Um. Can we talk about Teresa sees oh, Ethan God. and Gwen, who have come to the carnival for whatever reason to make out. To make out everywhere they, they go. Out. Everywhere they go, the whole purpose is for them to make out in a different location. They, it's so annoying. They made out for half of this episode, and I think it's just like to force to force us to believe that these two people have chemistry. Oh my god! Which they don't. It's oh. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> about Ethan, I realized in the middle of watching this episode that the actor playing Ethan is the same actor who plays Dee's soldier. In It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> he was going up and down on that carousel. With that with silly that horse, face. With that silly face. And I immediately recognized him. I was like, oh my God, that's the soldier who yeah. comes back from Afghanistan. That cracked me up. <laughs> it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That cracked me up when you when you saw that and you were like, is that D soldier? And I was like, oh my God, it is. <laughs> I can't remember the, the character's name. Me but, either. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, sorry to take that little side yeah, road great, there. So Ethan and Gwen make out for half of this episode. Teresa sees them making out. This part of the episode happens for like 10 minutes, it feels like. They just cut back and forth from it, but mm-hmm. she's lingering watching him. Oh, Eth- watching them make out. It's gross. Oh, Ethan, she's not the girl for you. I'm the girl for you. If only you had known, why wouldn't you wait for me? He doesn't know you, you lunatic. Yeah. It's also, she starts imagining herself in place of Gwen. Yeah. It's it's all very strange. (laughs) It's all very strange. Oh my gosh. She just wants to be with Gwen shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point, Miguel finds her, her brother Miguel finds Teresa, and he tries to talk some sense into her. Uh, he's talking about how they have nothing in common. How could Ethan fall in love with Teresa and vice versa? How can you love someone you don't even know? Yeah. He he actually says some really reasonable things to her mm-hmm. in his horrible acting way. Oh. How could you love someone you don't even know? Oh, Teresa. Surely this guy takes acting lessons I'm later telling you, on. He, he was in John Tucker Must Die yeah. and he was better in that. Okay, yeah. so he, you know. And I've seen him in other things. He's a very handsome man. So Yeah, I mean, that he grew into a handsome man. He's a child in this. He is, yeah. but, you know, now he is a handsome man, so that certainly has helped, but, yeah. gosh, his acting. But Teresa sees Ethan and Gwen making out, and then later on, Luis finds Teresa Tells her that she's going to start her job at the cannery tonight. (laughs) That's right. This girl started off her morning with a job at the Burger Hut, 
burned it down. Burnt it down. Went to the carnival, and then her brother's like, "You're gonna end the day with a job at the cannery." Oh god! Think she's gonna burn that down too? You know, I wouldn't put it past her. (laughs) Oh, poor Teresa. I wouldn't put it past her. She probably, maybe she won't burn it down, but something there will be some sort of catastrophe like surely she's gonna screw up some machinery there's gonna be fish guts involved for sure i'm trying you you just know oh wait a minute are they setting us up for her to like spill fish guts all over ethan crane she's just gonna throw every nasty thing possible on this man no probably poor poor ethan really he's just getting all the nasty things whatever Anyway, so is there any more Teresa stuff? That's pretty much it, right? That's pretty much it. She said something about how she's worried about the job at the cannery. She's talking with Whitney. She's like, cats are going to follow me home. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Teresa. Poor Teresa. (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about... Actually, let's talk about Ethan and Gwen a little bit more before we go to Sheridan because we got to get to Sheridan. We got to get to Sheridan. Okay, so Ethan and Gwen... Were, uh, have moved to a new location at the carnival. I almost said Carmel. <laughs> at the carnival. At the carnival. Uh, and they are just making out in a new place. And they're, ha- you know, these two, I've, I'm really boring. I'm tiring of them because they just go around and around and around and they just repeat the same conversation. It's like how many t- Again, remember, it's been two days How many times can you have the same conversation in two days? You know? Like, everybody else, yes, they do some recap. They do some... These two are having the exact same, like, conversation from beginning to end over and over and over again. And then they make out, and then they rinse and repeat. They do it again. After they finally stop making out... Ethan tells Gwen he's going to take her to Paris. Mm -hmm. She gets really excited about that, even though... I don't think we mentioned this. Gwen was in Paris like yesterday, right? Remember, right. She, she came flew back. She flew back and made it back so quickly. She flew there and, and back, back again in a day. Wow. Yeah, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. She they'd say something about the Concorde, which I'm not rich enough to know what that is. Yeah. But some fancy plane. I'm not worldly enough. One, is that the one that like flies so high up in the atmosphere that it's on like the edge of space? I have no clue. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it's a plane. That, that can't be a passenger plane. That's though. a spaceship. <laughs> that's gotta be like an Air Force thing. That's SpaceX. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh so Ethan's going to take her to Paris so they can see Sheridan, who's engaged. Right. And really, he just wants to check out Jean-Luc and make sure that he's a good match for his uh, aunt. Yes. I always want to say sister, but his aunt. Right. Also, um, just two more Ethan and Gwen things. One, they get fortune cookies at this fair. At the oh, thing. yeah. And, and Ethan's fortune says, the woman of your dreams is thinking of you all the time. And Gwen, and Gwen goes, well, that's true. But, like, we know that that's Teresa. Teresa. And then (laughs) Gwen gets her fortune and opens it up. And Ethan looks at her and says, what's yours? And her face is, like, cracked. Like, her, it drops. So, and we don't know what her fortune is, but I don't know. We're going to find out at probably the beginning of the next episode. Because she clearly got a... I can't wait. A negative fortune. Well, let's go to Sheridan. Let's go back to Gay Paris. Let's go back to Gay Paris. Let's go back to Paris. Sheridan and Jean-Luc are going to a quote-unquote ball. A ball. And if you could see the eye roll that I'm giving right now, it was not a ball in the slightest. There were a couple dinner tables set up in the space of the size of my room in the apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. It, it was a tiny space. It was a small dining room at best. They, it was a, So they went to this ball. They arrive at this ball. ball. And Mimi <laughs> follows them. Mimi follows them. Oh, gosh. And, and it oh, starts with a montage. Another montage. Well, be- but before the montage... Sheridan has to remind us once again that she and Princess Diana were best friends and that their lives were very similar. I missed that. She has a, a thing with Jean-Luc where she basically 
talking to him and saying, is this, can this be real? And our lives were so similar. And I think I might die. You didn't, re- you don't remember I must this? have been t- typing out another note about uh, and, something else because I missed it. Basically, she, when she found love, she died. And now that I've found love, like, is that going to, and he is basically trying to comfort her. Whoa. And then they go into this ball. Ball quotes. This dumb ball. So, <laughs> so Mimi comes to the ball. Mm-hmm. Tell them about it. Mimi comes to the ball, but before she does... The montage. The montage. Yes, the montage, people. <laughs> they found another terrible song. I wish I could playing sing during it for this you. Montage. I can never recall I can't, it. It's not worth remembering. It's not. So they're drinking champagne. Sheridan is feeding him some gross-looking they, food. Yeah, they dance. They dance next to their table because it's there's not no a ball ballroom. Room. There's no ballroom. There's not even a dance floor. There's not... No, there's not. Again, this is taking place in the space of like my bedroom which yeah. is not big no it's honestly it's like a 12 by 15 room Ew. it's insane yeah. but and then there's this terrible song playing and Sheridan looks at Jean-Luc they break out of the montage and she's like I want this song to be our song and I was like why why <laughs> <laughs> and then she says to him I could never lose you Jean-Luc she's so desperate Poor Sheridan. Yeah. She's just desperate. And Jean-Luc is awful. Darcy Dumb and Desperate. Oh, Sheridan. That's another great show you should watch, 90 Day Fiance. Everyone watches that. We if you're not watching it. it, you should watch it. You should. And all of its iterations. It's great. All right. Still so, at the ball. Still at the ball. Mimi shows up. She shows her ass up, and she is looking for Sheridan. She's ready to fuck shit up. How she doesn't see her across this 10-foot space is beyond me. There's a one... I mean, Mimi is lurking in a giant doorway. She just stands there and is looking at them and saying her lines out loud. Yeah. She's doing well, since considering that she's always just delivering lines to nobody there. She's she's doing quite well. She just has to say everything out loud. She has no scene partners. She never does. So Jean-Luc leaves to take a call. And then Mimi wants to invite Sheridan to talk on the terrace. And so she gives like a little note to a waiter and is like, invite her to talk with me. And th- that's where they leave it. We don't get to see the conversation yet. I yeah. bet it's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. I can't wait to see it. So while this is all happening in Paris, everything else is, is at the carnival. So although we don't get to see Grace, we see even Sam talking and that, and that they're worried about her. So Eve asks Sam about Seeker. And then he explains that he never actually told Grace about the chat room. Oh, right. Also, we find out that he took Grace home. Because I didn't see that in the last episode. No. Yeah, but he tells Eve, she says, where's Grace? And he says, oh, I took her home to lie down. Now, remember, the Seeker's on her way to the carnival. And I predict hijinks. Ooh, (laughs) I didn't think about that. Yeah, I predict hijinks. To the point that Sam's gonna see Grace and like, or who he thinks is Grace, yeah, and this woman isn't gonna know who he is, and then he's like, My wife has fully lost it, my wife doesn't love me anymore. Oh, that's good, I didn't even think about that, yeah. Yeah, So, so Grace is at home, Seeker's on her way, I can't wait to see what follows, yeah. Um, and then Eve says that she. We'll go look in on her and make sure that yeah. she's okay. So I guess we'll see what happens there. And then TC finds Sam and tells him about the gypsy and that he needs to go arrest her and get her out of this carnival. And he says to Sam that this gypsy is strange and evil. 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 <laughs> so, and he's pissed. TC is so angry. Yeah. Irrationally angry. And I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. Because I can see being unsettled, being upset, but he goes in hot. Mm. Really, really, I don't know. Well, he, just seem, he just seems extremely volatile. And I guess that's what they're trying to make us believe, that TC can go from zero to 60 in no time. Well, remember, Eve said that he's generally even-keeled, but when it comes to his family, he he goes you know, bonkers and he'll do anything to protect them and he does get angry and he might get violent. It does seem irrational to me, like just how hot he is. It just seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. But they at least they tried to set it up for us. Yeah. 
This was a cool episode. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Yeah. I think I think I this think was a good it, episode. Right? Um, I guess the other thing that we need to just mention is uh, Kay and Simone walk around because they're trying to recruit people oh, yeah. to be part of the Mr. Harmony contest. So she convinces Luis to do it. She convinced well, and she, Ethan and Ethan. Yes, yeah, so they're gonna Ethan. be on the same stage together in their boxers or whatever. Or whatever. I can't wait. Luis is so fine. Luis is so fine. <laughs> I'm ready for Operation Naked Man. <laughs> Project Naked Man. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Bring it on. Oh, and poor McNell. Ugh. <laughs> How is he supposed to win? How is he supposed to win with those men? There's, there's no Adult way. men. Oh, it's rigged. Kay. Kay is so dumb. She's a dumb dumb. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. so I really, I enjoyed this episode. Me this too. This was fun. We're going to watch more Passions. I love We're it. We're going to watch more Passions. Well, thank you for joining us yeah, again if, for this longer episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you like this format, please let us know. If you do not like this format, please let us know. Yeah, we're trying to figure this out, and we really appreciate feedback from our listeners to let us know what they prefer, what they think. You can yeah. write to us at uh, passionspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram for updates. Also, Passions Pod. Pa- also at Passions Podcast. <laughs> yes, I've lost my mind. At Passions Podget. <laughs> Podget is not po- a word. Podget. Passions Podcast. Yes. Um, so please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps us. If you listen on Apple, it really, really helps us find listeners and reach a bigger audience if you give us five stars. Yeah. If you write us a review. Also, thank you to our listeners. Yeah. We have, we have actual listeners. listeners. I woke up to listen to, to the episode seven this morning because today it came out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, people had already listened to it at 7 a.m. I know, it's so cool. Before me. That's crazy. I so know. thank you for thank listening. You. We can't believe people are listening. We, it's Thanks, so Mom. <laughs> no, but it really is. It means everything that people are enjoying this. I think this is a really weird time. Everyone's in quarantine. People are worried. So it's really nice to be able to do something fun and to have... Like a little community about something that's a what, silly who cares and fun. If it's silly, but it's fun. Yeah, you know? and everyone needs a little levity, especially right now. Yeah. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, with that, let's just uh, let's sing it. You are my 